Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is navigating market uncertainty with my friend, Sarah Bertram. Sarah is a shipper sales manager at DAT or DAT, an online marketplace that connects shippers, brokers, and carriers. If you work in the transportation logistics space, you probably already work with DAT. But DAT is so much more than a load board. In our conversation Sarah explains how DAT takes the uncertainty out of freight, so please take a listen. But before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about my friends over at Tusk Logistics. That's T-U-S-K logistics.com. Tusk Logistics is a national small parcel network made up of the very best regional small parcel carriers. Tusk delivers reliable service, predictable pricing, and proactive support at lower costs sometimes up to 40% less than the big guys, UPS and FedEx. Implementation is easy, and the Tusk team is absolutely obsessed with customer service and putting the shipper first. Check them out at tusklogistics.com and click the Get Started button. I will put a link in the show notes so you can reach out and talk to my friends over at Tusk Logistics. So how's it going, Sarah? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Sarah, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. All right. My name is Sarah Bertram. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I work at DAT Freight and Analytics. We are a transportation data company providing providing unbiased market data to shippers, carriers, and brokers, help them make faster, better decisions. Yep. For anybody who's in the transportation business, I think they probably go, oh, I know DAT, I use DAT. But if, you've been, if you're new to the space or don't understand the space, you might not know the DAT name. But give, it, give us a sense for how much of our business ro- rolls through DAT on a daily basis. Absolutely. So most people, are when they hear DAT, they think of the load board, right? It's the nation's largest load board. Millions of truck posts and load posts and searches every single day. So that's probably what we're most known for. Where I'm focused more is on the analytics and data side. So if you think about the truckload, a for hire truckload market is around $300 billion in spend. DAT across our tools captures about $150 billion in shipment level spend data, so loads that moved from shippers, carriers, and brokers. We aggregate that data across our tools to provide historical, current, and forecast rates. So simply, we capture about half of the truckload market (laughs) in our data. So if you think about benchmarking and unbiased data and needing depth and breadth of data that's not biased by any particular industry or size or complexity of an organization, our data is really the gold standard out in the market. Yeah. And I've used DAT when I was still at a 3PL, we used DAT and it was always great for finding a carrier and a, that would move a lane that we didn't have a carrier for. And so it was, we have our regular carriers, 
And we were mostly LTL, but we did do some truckload. And we didn't have any of our regular carriers that would do that lane. We would use that. And they would have dozens of people who did that lane. It was like, how is this happening? Yeah. But we looked at it, and this goes back probably 10, 12 years ago. We looked at it as they'll just connect us with a carrier. And I know your end of it. And what's become increasingly important over time is not just necessarily connecting me and being a load board, but all that data. And especially in these crazy markets, we'll get to navigating market uncertainty. But part of navigating market uncertainty is having good data. That's the problem is like right now, if I'm like a regular shipper, somebody says, am I paying too much? How am I supposed to know? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's what we deal with every day, especially with the market volatility the past two, three years. The C-suite and leadership aren't accepting, yep, we're fine. The market's up. We're up to... We just compare ourselves to ourselves every year and hope we're doing great. That's just not not the norm anymore. You've got to have some unbiased data. Yep. And by the way, before we hit record, we're talking, and I told you that I helped some very large shippers in the past select 3PLs. And I would always say we need to compare them against the DAT line. Because when you're working, so if you're at a large company, you have a boss and a boss's boss. And what they say is, hey, I see our transportation and logistics costs went up 25%. Why is that? You want to be able to say, here's the market line. The market went up 25 or 30%. What? And that's, I know increasingly we're asking for managed trans numbers. So here's the logistics. Here's what the logistics company got paid. And here's what the market is actually getting paid. And I would always say, you don't necessarily have to worry whether you're above the dat line, the trend line, or below it, but you should be trending the right way or staying parallel with what the market is. Because the boss's boss is going to drag you in and say, are you sure we aren't just paying the logistics company more? Yeah. It's the old uh, trust but verify, right? And no longer is it, trust me, there's so many when you think about it, how many different transportation publications out there? Everybody's got data. Every 3PL is publishing market data. But what is your source of the truth that you're using over time that you know where the data is coming from? You know, it's reliable. And like you said, it doesn't really matter whether I'm above or below that line, but why is that? And what can I control and what is out of my control? Yep. And by the way, when we say that line, what we're talking about is the average, it could be a cost per mile or it's some, it's the cost trend line. And that's what we're normally looking for. But anyway, Sarah Bertram, let's switch gears for a second. Tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you joined the mighty DAT. Or DAT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. So I grew up in Marietta, suburb of Atlanta. I went to school at Clemson. So just right up. Very nice. The Tigers. And started my career at a global 3PL in sales, working across all modes. So I worked with shippers of all sizes, helping them move transportation faster using the brokerage I was working for. Then spent about a decade at a more of a traditional consulting firm, switched gears to G&A benchmarking. So I'd work with companies. What's G&A? Yeah. So finance, HR, IT, and procurement, kind of the four 
back office pillars of an organization, working with them to collect data, understand their operations, their costs, their processes, and then come back with recommendations to improve costs, understand the technology landscape if they were looking to invest in different technologies and working through those process improvement initiatives that we recommend. And that brought me then to DAT, actually Chainalytics. DAT bought the FMIC from Chainalytics, which was a perfect marriage of my transportation and logistics and benchmarking background. So it basically took everything I ever did, (laughs) transportation, logistics, all modes, and then the benchmarking and smooshed it together into what DAT has now, which is transportation, benchmarking, process improvement, data analytics. So I've really enjoyed getting back into logistics these past three or so years. I've been at DAT and helping companies do similar work in their transportation groups. Yep. I want to take a quick time out to tell you, you can now listen to the logistics of logistics on Wreaths Across America Radio. I'll put a link in the show notes. Wreaths Across America provides informational, inspiring content about members of the U.S. Armed Forces, their families, and military veterans. Their mission is to remember, honor, and teach. Wreaths Across America succeeds because of the generous support of the trucking community. Take a listen and please consider volunteering. So so before we hit record, I was talking to you about an interview I did with Chris Kaplis. I'll make sure we put a link to that interview. I was interviewing Chris Kaplis, who I believe was also at... Yes. Mm-hmm. And Shane Lytics, and by the way, Chris Kaplis is a professor at MIT and also, what is it, data Chief scientist? Data Chief data at- scientist at DAT. And when I thought, I'm, I was so impressed with Chris and Yossi Sheffy from MIT because he said, We really truly believe at MIT that you should be part of industry because if you aren't, how do you develop people? teach them about industry if you're only in your Ivy Towers. MIT is not like that, which I love. But he was at Chainlytics. And so Chainlytics got bought by DAT when you were there? Yes. he. So Chainlytics had something called the FMIC, the Freight Market Intelligence Consortium. super ah. only tool. DAT purchased the FMIC portion of that from Chainlytics. What remains is that still the consulting. Chainlytics still exists. They still do great consulting work. Uh, we still work with them. Uh, they use our data all the time in their projects. Yeah, so that's how we got to DAT. And then we recently started to combine those two tools, the shipper-only views and the broker views uh, and all that data together into a single platform. So it's been really exciting. Excellent. Excellent. I love what you guys are doing. And I got, I love that you have Chris Kaplis on board because again, the work they're doing at MIT is, I I think it's probably one of the leading organizations in educating logistics and supply chain people. Love their program. They've got a great mini master's program. Micro masters. Yes. I've talked about that. They just graduated their one millionth person out of that program. And I'll put a link to that episode so people can listen about the micro masters and you can get a master's. And by the way, people are going, yeah, I can't get into MIT. They're thinking about the wrong MIT. If you want to get that, that mid career tune up, that's the place without a ton of pain. So we wanted to talk today about navigating market uncertainty. 
And by the way, Jody, who works with you, had come up with a great title, Navigating Uncertainty, the Role of Data-Driven Operations and Digital Transformation in Shippers' Response to Supply Chain Disruptions. I would love to have that as the title, but (laughs) the world does not let us do that. We can't have long titles with the podcast. Anyway, but uh, we have a few points we want to talk about. So there's let's see, one, two, three, four points. And the first one point we want to talk about in regards to this market uncertainty is the complex landscape for shippers. What do you guys mean by that? Yeah. So I think what that was born out of essentially was the COVID pandemic and how that has completely transformed, I think, how transportation providers and shippers really approach transportation costs. There was a percent increase in transportation costs in, in a year or so, which is something that none of us have ever experienced before. Networks were completely thrown out of whack. The way people consumed things changed. And so shippers had to make a lot of adjustments and didn't really have a roadmap to do that. And so that's data and using data to make better decisions became more and more important as there was no historical precedence for this. You couldn't look back at your data and say, all right, last time this happened, here's how we adjusted. So they really needed to better understand, take the blinders off and understand what the market was doing and adjust to that versus just looking back at their own data. Yep. And I think one of the things also is we got the attention not only of the C-suite, we got the attention of the media. And as people were sitting at home waiting for their brand new computer to arrive from Asia or their new furniture, all the other stuff that we went on that buying binge for our homes, everyone was noticing it was taking longer and longer. And people who would normally discuss logistics are all of a sudden dis- discussing logistics and transportation and port congestion. Who knew about the port of Long Beach and the port of LA prior to the pandemic? It was, I guess there's ports. I don't know. It's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how goods actually get here, but I just know it gets here. But now that it's not, I want to know what's going so on. So we had senior management all of a sudden say, okay, we're going to, sp- we need to look at our supply chain and make sure it is more resilient. Our supply chains were pretty darn good. None of us starved to death during COVID. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of us gained a COVID-19 or 20 from being at home so much <laughs> and our gyms closed. But we did we did find some areas that were brittle and fixing that with data. If you're going to fix anything, we all want to start with data. Yeah. You've got to have the network analysis to do it. You've got to have the data to understand what does my network look like now and how can I become more agile moving forward? Not that COVID is going to happen every year, but it's internal and external factors. Everything affects transportation. So just doing an annual bid, bid every year is not enough. The C-suite, like you said, everyone is focused so much more on transportation and driving efficiencies where they've just never had that focus before and never had to defend decisions like they have the past two years. So before COVID, when I advised a very large shipper to use 
to help them select a 3PL. And then I was talking to the vice president of that company, the vice president of logistics and some other stuff. And he said to me, when I mentioned I wanted the DAT trend line to be something they always compared to every QBR, he said, oh, I didn't know there was such a thing. He wasn't from logistics. And he said, yeah, every other industry I've been in has those kind of benchmarks. And he said, I never saw them. And he was relatively new in the space. By the way, brilliant guy. He picked it up very quickly. And he said, this is what I've been looking for. So he said, every other industry you're in has some sort of benchmark that you're looking at that says, are we doing better than the industry benchmark or worse? And to to our earlier point, it doesn't necessarily matter as long as you're pretty close to the dat line. It doesn't matter if you're a little over or a little under because your freight might be a little different. But you have to have a a, a benchmark. It's so important. So the second point we want to talk about is a little bit about technology. Not only do I need data, but I also need tech. <laughs> Please explain, Sarah Bertram. Yeah, absolutely. So. I think transportation and supply chain has always been a little bit laggard when it comes to leveraging technology and leveraging data, like you said, and talking to the gentleman you referenced earlier. So what DAT has done is developed really easy tools that help you visualize and see how you are performing overall. And then also at the lane and carrier level to do that root cause analysis. So using technology to understand how did my network react in the past to various disruptions, whether that's internal disruptions, things going on within your own network or external disruptions like the Texas freeze that we had last year. So really using data to inform those decisions and being able to quickly visualize and share up and down the organization what's going on and, and why that's happening ha- has really been crucial. And it just gives you more credence in your organization to move those projects through and move those technology requests through to get what you need. So now is that technology, does it connect into shipper systems or is it a standalone platform? So it's both. So we can connect direct into a TMS so that you can pull rates and see visualizations. We can also develop custom dashboards or we have the standalone tools that you can log into and see as well. So we're pretty technology agnostic. We want you to use our data in whatever way is most beneficial to you as an organization. Yeah. And again, you guys have half of the 300 million for the for higher truckload market and half of it goes through debt. So this is really good data. And so if I can connect, and again, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. and I'm sure other people are going, oh yeah, that's a load board. It is a great load board. It is the number one load board, but. Put a pin in the load board. You yes. have other things. But beyond the load board, you have all of this data, which is just increasingly important to how we make decisions. But also, if you're in a large organization, you always are trying to justify. If prices went up, you want to be able to justify it. And I used to say this when I was still in transportation logistics. I remember 
we were lowering the price of less than the truckload every quarter. It was going down. And I remember it was a newer account. And I remember they said, this is fantastic. We love what you guys are doing. And I, and I started saying, the wind is at our back. There's really good rates out there right now. Eventually, the wind is not going to be at, at our back. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have a, a, a trend line to show at that point. I probably, because right. yeah, yeah. I wasn't working with that. But- yeah, just business partnering, finance loves this data. It helps them forecast better. It helps them better understand there's your typical transportation cycles throughout the year. Yes. Regard, you've got produce season, you've got Christmas trees and apples and avocados coming up from Mexico. So you've got your regular seasonality anyways. Throw on top of it everything else that can happen throughout the year. And you've got a really volatile cost structure. And so if you can give finance data that they can use to create better models, we have forecasting data that the model we're very proud of that's really helpful. And procurement teams, they're dealing with vendors, customer pickup. How are we negotiating those deals? Could we potentially buy better ourselves? So there's so yeah, different ways you can push and pull this data throughout your organization to make the supply chain ecosystem <laughs> run a lot smoother with less, hey, what's going on? My costs increased 30%. What's happening? You're all fired. Yeah. You mentioned some of the other functions. Normally, you're an over-the-road. If you're doing logistics and transportation and selling to shippers, you think, oh, I'm selling to the guy who is at the dock or maybe their, their traffic manager, freight manager. But- if you're doing it right, you are also understanding the needs of purchasing, finance, sales is often very interested in what you're doing because they they just sold this big account. They want to know that this that the logistics is right. There, right? <laughs> yeah. And so often you find out that the finance team is spending a ton of time on freight audit and freight forecasting and accruals. So we can add so much value we should be adding that value as the logistics industry. We should be taking over some of that hassle or at least enabling them to do a better job. And again, what do they want? Good data, good benchmark data that shows that they're the company's on the right path. Even your own data is, is so rich in insights. And what our tools can do is actually serve as a, a weekly cleansing validation and visualization tool for just your own stuff. Because a lot of transportation organizations aren't that big. There's not, we don't always have the uh, luxury of having analysts and really smart people who know how to work across Power BI. And so having an off the shelf solution that has your data and your trends, plus the benchmark, it's just been really helpful for organizations level up what they're doing. I like that you have the seasonality in there too, because it does matter. By the way, I just said to a friend today, it's August 9th when we're recording this. And I was just saying, it gets really difficult to talk to people in July and August because a lot of people are on vacation. And then the first week of school, anyone who's got kids in school, really hard to get a hold of those people. And I said, and then we all know around Christmas, the last few weeks, people start doing the bare minimum. <laughs> like I'd say, I'm not talking to that logistics podcast guy. <laughs> like I got enough going on. 
Anyway, the next thing, next point we wanted to talk about was thoughtful digital transformation as opposed to the unthoughtful digital transformation. So what do you mean by thoughtful digital transformation? Yeah, to my earlier point, working with IT, working with finance, working with procurement, really being a business partner across the organization to understand what are the gaps in your data? What are the gaps in your, the visibility that you have? And then working across those teams to identify data and technology providers that are going to support the whole organization to help everybody versus just going out and buying a TMS, going out and getting something that is not going to really expand past your one silo. So that's what has been really helpful, I think, for a lot of shippers as well, is really taking a step back and before making a huge investment like a TMS provider, understanding what exists out there and what can I use across uh, the organization. Yeah. And by the way, we all love our tech and we sometimes think it's going to solve all of our problems, but the information inside the our technology matters, right? It's garbage in, garbage out. We've always heard that. But also, again, if I don't have something to benchmark it against, and if I also think that somehow, some way, this is the silver bullet, we know there's a whole bunch of research that suggests digital transformations don't deliver like they're supposed to. To your point, that's why we said thoughtful digital transformation, because sometimes it is, we're all busy. And sometimes it becomes just get it done. Yeah. I mean, there's just, when you think about all the reporting data that's out there versus what you're actually going to use, I think there's some like research done about everybody's got all these KPIs and all these uh, different metrics that they use, but there's probably just a handful that they actually look at every week, every month, every quarter. So it's to your point, garbage in, garbage out. Having a bunch of data is great, but you need to really be thoughtful about how you're going to use it in your organization. Yeah. And I always use this, this phrase, there's metrics and sometimes you can have hundreds of metrics, right? But yeah, only the very best metrics grow up to be KPIs. So I'm a KPI guy, key performance indicator, which means key, not every single one. So give me five things that that if those five things are going well, the the rest of those 30 are probably trending the right way. If those five things are going the wrong way, then of course, all the other metrics. I love the focus on key performance indicators. And getting back to the digital transformation, one of the things Brad Forrester was on the podcast from JBF Consulting. And one of the things he said is a lot of times people are so quick to implement. And sometimes those implementations go too long. Everybody's busy. You want to get back to the day-to-day. And you don't get the full, the full benefit of those systems because you're like 65, 70% installed and you're like, enough already. Let's get back to work. And what you need to do is say, let's get to the next stage that takes us to 85 or 100% of that capability that you bought that technology for. And again, this is some of the challenges we have with when we buy technology. It's a great unknown is what is it going to do for me? Yeah. And that's why I like tools. That there's really no big IT integrations. We can integrate with your TMS systems. It's pretty simple. 
We don't require a huge heavy lift from IT. It can be as simple as just sending us an export from your TMS or whoever. We can collate data from different sources to put it all in kind of one system for everybody to see. We have tried to simplify it as much as possible to your point, because you can just get stuck in that cycle of just forever implementing. <laughs> well, yeah, forever implementing, but also just saying, and by the way, when you are doing implementations, if you look at your key performance indicators, they are probably trending the wrong way. I've experienced that myself because the team is focused on the migration rather than on on taking care of customers. The last point we want to talk about was industry evolution and trends. What is going on that one? Yeah, so the biggest trends that I've really seen in the market, obviously we've touched on this, just a huge increase in focus on transportation and the annual bid process is almost obsolete at this point. Even if you put a bid in in January of 2022, to 2023 rates have come down 30% since then. What we've really seen is an increase in mini bids. Yes. So really understanding your freight on a quarterly basis, monthly basis, not taking everything out to bid every time, but just taking and rebidding your overmarket freight. So boiling the ocean every quarter wouldn't make sense, right? But if I can isolate and understand my at-risk freight and what's moving out of market, those I can rebid out. And those are easy discussions with carriers and brokers to move those back in line with the market. So that's probably one of the biggest trends that, that I've noticed. Yeah. I want to take a quick time out to tell you about my friends over at Greenscreens. That's greenscreens.ai. Greenscreens is a dynamic pricing technology for the truckload spot market that delivers buy and sell side market intelligence to help brokers and 3PLs grow and protect their margins. Freight brokers and 3PLs using green screens gain the following advantages. Faster pricing for both buy side and sell side transactions. Pricing that is more accurate and more likely to win profitable business. Guys, dynamic pricing is the next killer app. Hundreds of freight brokers are already using it because it enables them to develop faster, more accurate quotes. This is the time. Check out Green Screens in the show notes, greenscreens.ai. So getting back to it, if I was your logistics provider and you're a big shipper and you say, Joe, at the end of 2022, you said, give me the bids for the whole year and at the end of 2023, I would be going, I'm pretty sure COVID is over but I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I don't know exactly what's going on. I can't see around that corner, right? I can't, I don't know what's going to happen in the next year. But if you said, Joe, give me rates for the quarter, I can feel a lot more comfortable giving you rates. And I think we have to get to a place where we're finding the right partners and then saying, we're going to be okay with these rates. We're going to be okay with these partnerships. If we have data and you can have some back and forth. And again, this is where data is. The data is the beginning of the conversation. So if I'm yeah. your logistics provider and you're the shipper and you show me some data information, say, Joe, normally you're running parallel to the data line, but lately you skewed up. You, you, you're going the wrong direction on us. We can have an open and honest conversation 
And I think that's what we need to start getting to is let's pick some the right partners, the people we want to work with and develop those long-term relationships and use data as a way to facilitate really good discussions about what we're doing. And you bring up a really good point. What I've seen that's really leading edge that some shippers are trying to work out is dynamic pricing, right? So with those trusted partners, if we have an index that we agree on as the truth, right? It's not going to be perfect. But my pricing and your pricing is going to change dynamically if it goes up 2 or 3%, 5%, whatever it is. My buy and sell will automatically adjust. And so that I think is like the holy grail of yes. transportation procurement is dynamic pricing that is more hands-off, you've got that line, you can see how you're trending, you can make sure you're staying on point, but those prices adjust over time. And just think about the the time that is spent bidding freight, mini bids, negotiations, sending RFPs. It's happening. Some some shippers are trying it and I'm, I'm, ex- I'm really excited just to keep an eye on them. <laughs> Also, one of the challenges we have, and this comes up a little bit on my podcast as of late, is some of the the small carriers, the owner operators that we'll call the long tail of shipping, they don't fully understand their costs. And so they bid low. And then we have some of the brokers, I think, find themselves that they might know their costs, but they're lowering their price so much to win the business. And so we we find that if you have brokers who don't know their costs and we have shippers who don't, carriers who don't know your costs, it tends to drag the market into this price-based world that isn't good because we want drivers to be paid well. We want carriers to be healthy. It's ridiculous that we have carriers going out of business all the time. And it's ridiculous that we have driver. I talk to drivers. Uh, I walk by a, a retail location where they're always unloading. And a lot of the drivers complain about the pay. And I know it's not the only issue, but we have to get this. So it's a, so I, I got a rate that is fair. For a hundred years, rates go up, a bunch of people get in the market. Yes. They ride that wave, rates go down. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to manage their costs. And then they exit the market. So that's, Typically what we've seen, and I think sometimes with the increase in brokerages, it has increased those swings, right? Because they're able to hedge a little bit more on the up and the same thing on the way down. And so they can take those losses. I think that's what we've seen with rates being so low lately. These carriers and brokers made so much money (laughs) when rates were going up. They've been able to hedge a little bit. And just gut it out, but we're starting to see a lot more, unfortunately, carriers exiting the market now, which is... I st- I'm all for the... I'm, I, I know the market has its boom and bust cycle, but I'm all for having long-term relationships. I think that long-term strategic relationships make sense. We can drive the cost out together. But again, I, I, this is why data is so important because I have the data that lets me have good conversations. I don't have to constantly rebid everything to make sure. There's nothing worse also for brokers or carriers when somebody says, hey, I put you on this bid. Aren't you excited? You're like, 
is this so you can just market test your current players? Because right. I'm not interested. I have a day job. I've some really <laughs> great research recently about ghost lanes and shippers using spot more strategically. So uh, it's, it's really, really exciting. Sarah Bertram, I know I'm going to lose you. So I'm going to summarize this and I want to get your final thoughts on the topic. We talked about this complex landscape for shippers. We talked about data and technology are key. We talked about thoughtful digital transformation. They don't always work. And we talked about industry evolution and trends. Final thoughts, Sarah Bertram. And also while you're talking about it, who is the sweet spot for you and that? So really any shipper with over a million dollars in transportation spend uh, are, we work with the global giants out there where you've always heard of all the way down to smaller shippers that are just trying that ship more on the spot market and need that kind of day-to-day insight into the market. But what I've really taken away these, these past three years and seeing this data is that, which has been exciting, I think uncertainty has led to action, right? I think for the longest time, shippers just did annual bids. They were able to sit back, work through the normal market trends and move on. I think the volatility has really woken up the transportation departments and supply chain teams to be more strategic, to future-proof their supply chains, to leverage data to make better decisions. And it's making everybody smarter. It's making finance smarter. It's making procurement smarter. It's making sales smarter. So I think the data that we have and the services and visualizations have just done nothing but just make everyone look better. Uh, when they're <laughs> talking to, to leadership and trying to communicate up and down the organization. Yeah. And, and also communicating with your partners. If you can show that trend line is a, a, you're a little high or a little low. And by the way, if you find out, it, and we tend not to want to say you're not charging enough. So no one wants to have that conversation. But I remember one of my very best customers when I was still in the 3PL business would always say to me, are you making money on our account? Because we value you. Are you making money? And I remember thinking to myself, God, do you want to go above and beyond for that shipper? Of course you do. Most are saying, no, like most are just kind of default. You guys are ripping us off. <laughs> that's the. <laughs> and that's what's great. And all of the industry players have access to the same data. We're all looking at the same thing. And so it's not like it's some magical formula that only one side of the team has access to. We're all looking and contributing towards the same data set. And that's when you can have those, like you said, those great partnership discussions because we're all looking at the same thing. Yep. So one of the things I know DAT does have, they have the load board. So I can sign up for the load board and I pay that for that a monthly fee. Now, is that you also guys do have other services? What are those other services? Yeah, so it's the benchmarking that we've been talking about. So we've got the benchmarking tools that you can sign up for. We have custom analytics, some more consulting type services where we can create custom dashboards and custom visualizations. So the thing is, we have all of this data. We have origin, destination, line haul, fuel at the lane level, at the five-digit zip level. You can look by... 15, 20 different shipment characteristics to better understand what is driving my freight costs is I'm 30% over market, but when I drill in, it's this one business unit 
out of this one area that's 30% of that cost, that's where I need to look. I don't need to boil the ocean. So the idea, the idea is that you can just pinpoint where to look faster to increase those efficient, make your team more efficient. That's yeah. the name of the game. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I love that uh, dad is stepping. It's you guys have always been doing it. It's just, I, I don't think I was aware is that it's beyond the load board. Now it's the data. And also how do we use that data? Cause just having raw data. We don't even talk about the load. I don't talk about the load board anymore. Cause I'm like data, data, data. So, But interesting. A lot of us have access to tons of data using it and having real actionable insights is the key. And I think that's what's cool about what you're doing is that you can go to a shipper and say, Hey, I'll tell you where you're, I'll, I'll tell you where you're doing great. I'll tell you where you're doing poorly. And, and if you know you're doing for, poorly, you start to look at it. All it takes is a little bit of focus. Yeah. And we do quarterly review calls. We'll look at your data with you. So it's not like we just set you up and you're on your own to look for insights and, and try and figure out everything. It's a lot of data and we want to help you understand it and give recommendations and help you really move the needle uh, for your organization. If, this reminds me, when I was young, I remember I had a boss and he pulled me aside. He says, see this email I just got? And it was an Excel spreadsheet. And he said, see what I got here? And I said, yep. He goes, so-and-so sent it to me. And my job now is to look through the data and come to some insights. And he said, don't do this to people. He goes, take that data, pull out the three or four insights, put it in a little PowerPoint, put it in the body of the email. And it stuck with me as like, he goes, what if I analyze this data and I come to a different conclusion than he had? He goes, he goes, knowledgeable insights. And that's what you guys provide. So I love it. Anyway, Sarah, I know I'm going to lose you. I should have lost you already, <laughs> but I know we'll see you guys at all the conferences. I met you guys at Manifest last year. So I know you'll be at Manifest, but you guys are going to be at CSCMP. In fact, Jody sent me an email. You guys are booth number 505. Everybody write that down on your hand. In I'll October, <laughs> so you'll be there. What other conferences will we see you guys at? I'd say that's the next one. We're at Food Shippers every year. TIA's got something coming up. TIA will be there. DatCon coming up. Oh, when is that? Yeah, DatCon is October 10th through 12th in Houston, Texas. Or it's actually a shipper only day as well. So I'm very excited about that event and having a shipper dedicated session for the second year in a row. Something new that we've So it's not just shippers for the entire event. It's shippers only for one day. Because it's most, it's for the, all of our customers. And so it's very broker heavy because obviously they use our load boards and different tools. But since we have over 1,100 shippers we work with, we have also really tried to focus on getting them their own day and their own track. Chris Kaplis will always speak. He's great to come and listen to. It is, we have a members-only track and non-member track as well. So if you're interested just, in that. I just imagine, I'm trying to imagine the security required to keep the brokers and 3PLs out of the shipper session. Right I, know, I know there's just got to be a whole bunch trying to wander in. Call me, your v, call me your VP of transportation. Let me in with you. Right. Exactly. I know we're like, Skin and eyeballs at the front or something. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Anyway, thank you so much for taking the time. What I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, a link to dat.com and any other debt. Definitely would like to put a a link to the, you call it DATCON in Houston in October. That that should be a great event. Yeah. I'll put a link to to anything you and your marketing team give me. And Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been so long. I've been wanting to interview someone from DAT for a long time. Now I did interview Chris Kaplis. I'll put a link to that. But we're talking more about the MIT program, not so much that. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.